0: And welcome to Saving People Queering Things, the podcast where we talk about ghosts, road trips, and free will through every episode of the retro TV series Supernatural.
1: Today we are going to be exploring season three, episode twelve, Justin Bellow, through the theme of betrayal. I am Elena, and today my question for my co-host is, what is your favorite line from this episode? Um, I'll I'll go first, I guess. Mine um, is actually. It's a twofold reason that it's my favorite, because the first reason is that it's just badass in its delivery, and it's the, you know, we open the doors, we let them all in, but the second reason it's my favorite is because of the blooper reel, in which point Jensen just goes, and then we fight. Like men in tights, and I think of that every time I watch the episode. <laughs> and it, like, it should ruin that really badass line, but it doesn't. It just makes it funnier and like better.
2: That's my favorite. Because <laughs> it's still in character, kind of. Because <laughs> <laughs> Dean would say that he would ruin that moment entirely.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Only way to do it. Well, I'm Noah, and my my favorite line from this episode is. uh early on when Dean says, you kinky son of a bitch. We don't swing that way. and yeah. It just, I mean, it's more subliminal Dean flirting and it, it's beautiful.
2: Your brain went there, Dean, all on its own. <laughs> of yeah. course,
0: he made that jump.
2: Yeah,
1: this is probably gonna be an entire dissertation on <laughs> Dean's bisexuality because of the, the chemistry with Henriksen. We're, oh, gonna yeah.
2: live, we're gonna live well up to our name today. Yeah. Oh, this, yeah, this episode
1: and next episode, listeners, you are, you are in for like a gay double feature, <laughs> and I'm so thrilled.
2: Gayer than usual. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my Love favorite sentence.
2: <laughs> I'm Abigail, and my favorite line, the one that always makes me laugh a, a lot every time I see this episode is, uh, nobody kill any virgins.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a really, it's a very well-delivered line. It's, Honestly, and it just yes. comes, it's this, it's this whole, like, rising action of, of Dean realizing with Nancy and them having this whole conversation and then him coming full circle and being like, well, you know, yeah nobody kill any virgins don't do it it's our, it's our this is our priority our number one priority right
1: bottom now. line yeah. is we, we on this podcast don't endorse killing virgins along with <laughs> dean winchester
2: <laughs> that's a wonderful time for our 30 second recap where we bring you up to speed on the road so far so i believe it is noah who is going to give us our season three recap today of course
0: of course first 11 episodes all summed up in 30 seconds no biggie it's totally fine
2: you got this we have faith in you you ready
0: um i'm ready
2: okay three two one go
0: okay so so far in the season sam and dean have been hunting down all the demons that they let out of hell or well in the last season um they are doing a great job finding out more about the deal that dean has made with the demon as well as finding out more about how they feel about it with each other um they run into gordon again and then viciously mistreat him so badly gordon is the best um and then they move on and bobby falls into a coma they go to the mystery spot and sam goes six months without like dean and then comes back and is perfect and okay
2: (laughs) you you got the like big beats
0: six months really messes me up
2: yeah (sighs) yeah
1: Mystery Spot is one of those like comfort episodes that's painful and shouldn't be
2: comforting but is. Yeah. Yeah. Last week when we talked about Mystery Spot with Jamie and Beth, that came up a lot how how like this episode that episode is so much about like it's funny, it's framed as funny, but like when you think about it from Sam's perspective at all, it's a really dark episode about yeah. oh, Sam slowly yeah. like does his like descent into madness, basically?
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: like Sam Absolutely. slowly showing how uh, unhinged he becomes mm. without Dean around, which, yeah, not concerning at all for the future. No
1: nah. uh, no. Not a sign of foreboding for season's worth of angst in the slightest.
2: and we nah. have taught, you know the 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 like in the show, it's always like implied that Dean is really the one that would struggle if he loses his family but like
0: sam's Mm. proving
2: that to be mutual
0: yes very much so
2: after that wonderful season recap from noah we are at our episode recap and elena are you ready three two one go
1: okay so the episode starts really like interestingly with them going to like catch up with Bella because she stole the thing from them and they're really upset about it and so then she's like lol just kidding there's police that are going to take you away and so they end up dealing with Hendrickson and it's all very very homoerotic for unnecessary reasons as they try to figure out how to stop these demons from destroying everyone in this very small town thing and Nancy is adorable and she deserved better and so did Hendrickson and it sucks but they all end up dying in the end even though they try to save them. The end.
2: Thorough. Yeah. Thorough.
0: Nicely done.
1: I, I tried. It got a little off the rails at the end there, but
0: <laughs> no, it worked. It was
2: very good.
0: Awesome. Now that we all know the road so far, we can move into this week's theme discussion. And today our theme for this episode was betrayal, which is so fitting for this episode, just right off the bat. I mean, it starts with the um, significant betrayal of the brothers.
1: Yeah, a top tier theme to, for this episode.
0: Honestly.
2: Okay, so my, I, I, right out of the gate, I have a question for, for both of you. And that's about, like, what does Bella, like, basically how nefarious is this betrayal? Because, like like, Bella obviously doesn't want them on her tail when she has the cold totally fair and she doesn't know like they don't know what she's gonna do with it and she doesn't know what they're gonna do with it really so I can like I'm like you know what whatever um I wonder how much she knows about like what the cops are looking for them for because like this is a, a pretty like how hefty is this betrayal does she just like not realize that they're wanted for like so much murder
0: I don't see any way she couldn't know
2: exactly she's
0: too smart and too too thorough
2: she's just cool with them
0: going to fucking prison forever yeah i guess so
1: (laughs) i don't know i'm i'm gonna be the dissenting opinion here in that
2: i feel like because i just
0: first of all i
1: don't
2: like that i don't like that interpretation of bella i
1: don't um yeah because i'm a a number one bella stan i appreciate her and love her and i feel like she probably did it knowing that this is the Winchesters they're gonna find a way out of it she just doesn't know what that way is gonna be and that's the part where she doesn't really care or give a shit she's just like I like I'm setting them up because I need a getaway. and calling the cops is gonna be a convenient way for me to make sure that they are quite occupied as she puts it but I think that she knows they're gonna find a way to weasel out of it but I don't think she realizes the gravity of the situation that she just put them in.
2: Right. Maybe doesn't realize how. Like, I'm sure she, she knows that they're wanted, but time. I don't know
1: if she knows the extent.
2: Well, and if she knows that they've gotten either, she doesn't know they've gotten out before. And so she just thinks they will, and doesn't realize like how prepared Henderson actually is this time, or she knows they've gotten out before. And is like, well, they've Houdini their way out before. Like,
1: Yeah. Like if they can break out of you know, a federal prison in season two. What's this, you know, dinky little jail in nowheresville, <laughs> America, gonna gonna do to hold them, you know?
2: Yeah, maybe yeah, she thought they'd have some time before the FBI actually showed up.
1: Yeah, they've got like three and a half officers that work there. Like
2: <laughs> clearly as Hendrickson makes very clear at the beginning.
1: Yeah. Oh my yeah,
0: God. Yeah,
1: Hendrickson is a little shady to them and okay. I, I don't appreciate it, but
0: No, but I've Let's get some appreciation for Henriksen in general yeah. coming back for the first time since season two nineteen with Folsom Prison.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like
0: the last time he's he's ever mentioned. And they just dropped him for 16 episodes or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
1: just and then popped him in here for just a hell of a hell of a one-off.
0: Yeah. It hurt a little bit, but yeah. oh. He's it been hurt doing a so, lot a
2: bit. Henrikson yeah. is one of those characters that I wish we had gotten more time with. Like Absolutely. the story, the FBI storyline is so understated in seasons two and three. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Noah, like we haven't seen Henrikson for so many episodes, and so much like time has passed as well.
0: So much other shit's gone on.
2: <laughs> so much has gone on, and they've had bigger priorities. Um, and obviously, like, I appreciate that they try and give us some context for that, where they go, like, Hendrickson has been looking for you the entire time mm-hmm. he's been looking for the Winchesters. But I wish we had had more, I wish we had more appearances because he's such a presence and I love his arc in this episode, mm-hmm. which maybe is going to be a, a tie into like our first kind of, second kind of point on betrayal. Because um, Hendrickson kind of finds out that his whole perception of the world was wrong and that mm-hmm. the people that he thought were the bad guys actually are the ones trying to save the world like the world sort of betrays his idea of reality and then he also feels like he's betrayed you know himself in the fact that like he says to Dean I have basically wasted my life like hunting a few guys who weren't even always the bad guys to save a few people and like there was all this thing that I didn't even know mm-hmm. about like I'm sensing both he feels betrayed by reality and also he feels betrayed by his own choices
0: because he wouldn't have made those choices if he had known yeah exactly yeah.
1: and I think the most unfortunate part about it is that he he gets this like, you know, up until this episode, he has been a quote unquote villain, like he is the guy that's trying to chase them. And he gets a beautiful redemption. And you, you see that he is a, a person of very serious moral quality, because as soon as he finds out, oh, these guys aren't kidding, he's totally with it. And I would have loved to have had a chance to see more of that going on and like to see them have this connect Who like works with the FBI, who knows about this stuff that's that's bad? And like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Charmed, but like the original Charmed, but they had this guy, I think his name was Daryl, I want to say, and he was like a cop that worked with the police department. And there was always this really great interplay where like he would show up and be like, okay, so this really crazy thing happened. Is this a witch thing? And they'd be like, yes, it's a witch thing. And then they would work together. And I would have loved to have seen something like that with Sam and Dean and Hendrickson and I think it's a missed
2: opportunity yeah well I mean we see Sam and Dean and Bobby we see like them impersonate law officers all All the time time. it would have been so cool to see an actual law enforcement officer who wouldn't have to impersonate like who wouldn't have to be like lying out of their ass but would actually be such a big resource and you definitely get the impression from Hendrickson that if he gets out of this he is his life is changing dramatically like he is 100%. he's connected to hunting he is going to be at least a pseudo hunter if not a full on hunter yeah like he's going to use his resources he's obviously incredibly smart yeah
0: he's he's got major skills <laughs> that would have been really useful as a hunter
2: yeah, yeah
1: he's he's on the in the very top of my list of like characters that i think had so much potential for this show and then just got completely wasted
2: and okay so i and even narratively like i don't think his death is necessary i get it from the point of like they need to show that whoever is after sam will stop at nothing whoever is trying to whoever like as ruby says like Mm -hmm. she really wants sam's head on a stick even if that's like true, I wish that, I think we could have had Hendrickson get out, you know? And I like, it just, he's just, it's just such a waste of a character that
1: could have done so much more. Yeah, and I agree with you because I mean, as as much as I don't want anything to happen to any of those people that worked in that station, like it would have been, I think, more fitting for the narrative had like Henrickson, you know, finished his work and left, and then it was just like Nancy and the other, you know, cop that worked there and like, you know, that would have still been impactful, I think, and like done what they wanted narratively without robbing us of a character who was just so good. And then just having it be, you know, his face shows up on the news is like, oh, yep, he's dead. Like, and an, and I hate another, it when Supernatural does that.
2: And it's another Black character, uh-huh. you know, which another doesn't one. go unnoticed. Another one getting a really violent, sudden death for narrative purposes. Like, not very long after we had Gordon experience the same fate. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <Wolf> <laughs> like, Supernatural haunted. does
2: not have a good track record of that. Yeah. And that's just, like, a shame. Um, moving on for that, where are some other places y'all saw betrayal
1: well one thing that i think was really important um is the fact that this is kind of like a betrayal that is more subtle because it's not like they actually did betray anybody but i feel like the boys feel like they betrayed everyone like you know they they thought that they saved the day on this one and and i don't think that that gets really talked about like a lot in terms of supernatural like there's there are a lot of cases that they go through where they just point blank don't win Mm -hmm. and it impacts them so much and it makes them care so much about every single mission that they have and I think that this is probably one of the most intense ones in which like they feel like they let down the people that they were trying to save Mm -hmm. and the saddest part is that there's literally nothing they could have done like they did everything that they could to save as many people as possible and they still failed because of just how bad the villain that they're up against is. And I think that that's like one of the strengths of season three is, is Lilith as a villain mm-hmm. in terms of like making them realize like, oh shit, there are serious consequences to everything that we do. And I think it's what sets her up as a really
2: good villain to follow Yellow Eyes. Yeah. Um, And for once like in terms of following yellow eyes as a villain this is one of our first major villains supernatural villains they've been hunted like they've been being sought after by the fbi by other hunters but this is our first large-scale villain that is hunting them rather than the other way around like with yellow eyes they were always hunting yellow eyes yeah they were always after him whereas this we have had this rising action all season of Of there's someone there's someone coming after them and this is the episode where we get it confirmed that it's Lilith you know we can find and what a
1: reveal of of Lilith being like a kid
0: yeah that was powerful I liked it
2: yeah we haven't seen a lot of like we've mostly seen demons in adult vessels it being Lilith being anyway (laughs) yeah Lilith being in a kids in a kid is like much more powerful as a mm. and you know and it like fulfills those sort of horror tropes of creepy child oh yeah um, you know even just the, the the dress and every every way she's presented in that scene um but i also love that we find out a lot about more about her from ruby mm-hmm. by getting ruby's presence in this episode ruby is another interesting one for betrayal because ruby feels betrayed when they won't take her idea
0: yeah that's true she
2: sees it as the only good option as the least, well, and she's actually not wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is the least lethal of the options
2: because she, she understands the stakes with Lilith better than anyone else. Which exactly. is yet
0: another betrayal demonstrated by Ruby, um, mm-hmm. her betrayal of the demons in general and Lilith to a spe- specific. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, she's not supposed to be on the Winchester side.
0: No,
2: and we still really don't know why she is. <laughs> You know, no. every answer she's given Sam has been cryptic. In has been basically, as you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Yeah, we can help each other. I can help get Dean out of his deal. What is Ruby getting out of all yeah, of this? Ruby Obviously, is. I'm, I'm asking this rhetorically because Elena and I both know what Ruby is getting out of this, but no, it doesn't. So, what do you like? What do you think, as someone who's like now getting to know Ruby? Do you have any ideas or like? She's
0: predictive? sus. I mean, she's not yeah. after i mean anything that the boys really want because every time she's used something to dangle in front of them she's ended up walking it back and being like yeah i can't actually do that you know like i'll get dean out of his deal (laughs) there's no way out of that um i'll I'll help you guys fight this demon oh she kicked my ass like okay
2: that's true she's already proven herself wildly unreliable
0: yeah so I love her character she's doing great and and she's very successful in most of her endeavors with the boys but I don't trust her (laughs) in this (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) yeah that's fair um I'm excited to see your continued thoughts as we see more of Ruby and I appreciate that we get her in this episode almost as a fake out plot wise because she comes in goes this is how we can stop Lilith Mm -hmm. and they go hell no well Dean goes hell no um and then she's like okay bye deuces yeah
0: like peace she really does
2: she just like gonna watch you die just like deuces
0: it'll be it'll be interesting to see her next episode See where what what more of her plan gets revealed.
1: I'm excited to watch you watch that arc, Noah. That's got to be honest. It's one of my favorite things about this podcast is watching Noah <laughs> experience this show that I
2: am way too steeped in,
0: in with fresh eyes.
2: Mm-hmm. Makes me think of another betrayal because. Sam's reaction to Ruby, Ooh. like the difference between Sam and mm. Dean's relationship with Ruby at this point. Oh, yeah. They're like, there, you know, the fact that Sam has a relationship at all with Ruby, that there's any level of trust there, I think that in itself mm-hmm. feels like a betrayal to Dean. Yeah. And the fact that Ruby would, like, Sam would even consider Ruby's plan is it feels like a betrayal of like their ideals as hunters and that's what dean like calls him on dean goes like that's not what we do
0: it's not us oh but it is and to an extent because i mean sam okay back to the six months thing sam has had to make (laughs) a lot of critical decisions on his own without dean he's got a lot more experience now um it's unclear whether or not they talked about that and if Dean knows that that happened because I don't think, I don't think he does. Um, I don't
2: think he does either. I don't think Sam would have gotten that vulnerable and shared the, even if he said, you know, oh yeah, yeah. Like one time she killed you and it was like six months. Like, I don't think Sam's revealing how much that messed with him. I don't think he would have even said that it was six months.
1: I feel like he was just like, yeah, it it was permanent for a while. And I didn't know what to do without you because I, I don't think he would Yeah, I don't think he would want Dean to know what he went through.
0: So Sam's a little different and Dean's not quite sure. Well, at this point, he probably just thinks that that's even more cause for concern about, you know, devil's blood in his bones, Sam. So
2: right, right. That's such an interesting idea that like Dean could be concerned Because of the demon blood, whereas it's actually got more to do with the
0: uh, the he's gotten a lot harder as an individual.
2: And that there's like actually a concrete experience that's led to that. And that's that he's now got a taste of what it was like to lose Dean.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And he's and everything's changed now. The stakes have changed for Sam. Like he knows what it's actually going to be like. And so he's a lot more willing to be like, well we got to crack a few eggs to make it on like we
0: to save Dean we will crack all those eggs
2: yeah like I am willing to risk all of these people's lives I'm willing to actually maybe consider sacrificing a totally innocent person
1: if it means saving but, my, oof, my brother
2: Oof, that's a big change for Sam from Sam in season one like Huge. that's a big, big change
0: significant
2: which is in itself like you know can you betray your like that brings up the question of like, can you betray your own past self? And when is that a good thing? And mm. when is that a bad thing? You know? Yeah, because yeah. it's like on one hand you could say, oh,
1: well, it's because I've grown, but at what cost?
0: Yeah. If you lose your heart, then it ain't worth it.
1: Yeah. But and I I forget which episode it is, but I'm I'm 90 eight percent sure it's an episode we've already seen in season three where uh, Sam and Dean are talking and Dean is basically worried that Sam is like you know being so much so much harder about just everything and he's like I'm trying to be more like you Mm -hmm. and I think that that really shows itself in this episode but then at the same time you know he's trying it's almost like a reversal because he's the one that's like, I don't care if we sacrifice somebody and Dean is. And Dean's like, I'm not okay with this. And so it's almost like as the closer they get to the end of, you know, Dean's deadline, like the the harder Sam gets and the softer Dean gets because he <clears throat> realizes how fragile this all is.
0: Yeah, it can all end in a snap.
2: Well, I mean, you know, I joked about the, nobody kill any virgins line earlier Mm -hmm. but it you know Dean's interactions with Nancy I think are a good example of that softness that we're seeing in him towards the end of the season where he wants to save her because she because she hasn't had certain experiences yeah and like that's the thing he highlights as he goes you know like she hasn't even been laid yet like let's you know he's making a joke but he's also like making a really serious statement about like she is so young she has so much life left to live like yeah not just sex but just like in general she has so much life left to live we can't we can't even consider even if she's willing we can't even consider this like it's that's not that's not who we are and he's recognizing the more his own mortality he feels like he doesn't have enough time for all the things that he wants to do. We saw that with Lisa where he was going, you know, in another life. Maybe he, that could have been something. Yeah. Mm. But he's staring down not very long.
0: Two months. Yeah. Just about. Wait, yeah.
2: That's the next, the next, next episode. Yeah, next episode, yeah. we're going to get a, a reference to the fact that it's about two months. So I think we can probably guess it's like two, three months. Yeah, somewhere around there. So it's been like ten months since the deal. They, it, they are no, they are, and they are zero percent closer to actually figuring out how to stop the deal. Yeah, yeah. things have actually just gotten worse. Yeah. Now we have Lewis hunting them.
0: Okay, well, one thing we touched on a little bit about betrayal at the beginning was the way that Henriksen is sort of betrayed by the justice system and in mm. general um he like all the other cops are disrespectful to like they're they're rude to him just as much as he is to them but he's the one who's supposed to be in charge so like it's a little
2: puts into perspective of like scope of the justice system and how it is in itself like super flawed and yeah you know hendrickson is betrayed by the justice system and by the fact that so much of what he's doing is to save very few, and he he points that out very specifically to Dean. He says, "I spent and like my whole life hunting down a few guys to save a few people. Mm. Like that's a betrayal of a system, like a system that's promising to protect, that's supposed yeah. to like protect the whole community. And he's like, no, in reality, my job only saves a few people. Yeah, like, whew.
1: yeah. It's my like gosh, he's yeah. it's so unfortunate to have him like." literally go through this my entire life is a lie arc and then to immediately kill him off after that is so aggravating because it's like he didn't even get a chance to try and make the changes that he very clearly would have if he'd had the time
2: and henderson is such a you know like he's been such a character of integrity in the way that he's been presented. Yeah. You know, the reason he's been hunting Sam and Dee down is because he legitimately believed they were, like, super bad, dangerous people. Yeah. Like, the reason he's been, like, doing everything he's been doing has been very... You know, he had good reasons. And yeah. regardless of the fact that, like, obviously the justice system and policing are super fucked up, um, he operating with the information he had he was doing the best he could and we see him being really consistent like his ego is the right size when he finds out the truth he immediately turns tail yeah. his priority in <clears throat> the episode itself is to protect nancy who is the one person in the scenario who's not law enforcement or yeah. a prisoner the civilian like, he's the civilian in the situation yeah and i i I noticed a lot of similar similarities between Hendrickson and Dean in this episode, particularly mm-hmm. in their approach. Oh, yeah. Because it's this like mix of like charisma, intimidation, straight up bluffing to try yeah. and yeah. do what you need to do. Like we see that in why I think part of the, their rapport is so strong is because they have the same. Yeah, Henriksen
1: is really being coded in this episode.
0: Significantly. He, the way he steps back and lets them take the lead as basically as soon as he gets back from being possessed he's like hey hey listen Uh, y'all know what's up right (laughs) this is not my field y'all got this but then he supports whatever they say and just moves along with it It Mm -hmm. it was he's such a good character
1: well because think about everything that he knows about the boys like so he knows they are thorough and yeah. so he's been thinking this whole time that they were thoroughly fucked up and is now finding out that, no, they're just thorough. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, they actually know their stuff. And so that actually makes a lot of sense is that he he defers to the expert in the room. He goes, I actually not don't know. Not a lot of law enforcement of people do. No, Ooh. and and not a lot of people in this show, you know, there's a lot of people getting who are still power tripping.
0: Even mm-hmm. if they're trying to
2: help, and Hendrickson doesn't do any of that, yeah. he immediately goes, "What do we need to do to survive?" And he's not even thinking about like anything else. He's going, "What do we do to make sure that we don't all die?"
0: Yeah, he's not thinking about consequences of the next day. He's he's right here he's right thinking, now.
1: How do we live to tomorrow? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. He also just has some fucking hilarious lines in his episode. <laughs> my goodness, the line. The line where he says and it's like a, a good line when he says life sucks get a helmet yep <laughs> like I don't know what that's a tagline for a YA book <laughs> life sucks get a helmet um helmets protect your your head from a concussion when you're biking uh, I, it's just like such a specific metaphor for like <laughs> like get a helmet
1: but I mean when has Supernatural (laughs) ever not
2: had mixed
1: metaphors like the I think the writers room just has like a mixed metaphor kink or something
2: and like (laughs) love doing
1: that
0: that's fair Uh,
2: oh oh another betrayal note that I wanted to make to kind of connect Sam and Hendrickson is they are both characters that have been possessed and like possession is a betrayal of like your body's defense system
1: mm, yeah
0: absolutely it's and a little terrifying
2: yeah yeah it's getting they've, i mean i think we've used the word i think the show has also used the word of like being hijacked yeah when it comes to possession and hendrickson like i think it's meaningful that sam is the one that kind of has that back and forth with hendrickson right after he's possessed because yeah. Sam is the one who actually understands what's that, what it's like to like have something awful happen because of you, but not because of you.
0: Yeah, but your face and your hands.
2: Mm-hmm. One other thing I wanted to, to talk a little bit about that's not specifically related to betrayal, <laughs> but is connected to the Winchesters kind of in general is the scene where victor taunts them about john Mm. where he says your daddy brainwashed you and probably touched you in the bad place too Mm. and i wanted to get your thoughts on how they both react to it because sam and dean both have a very strong reaction to those two phrases and honestly only one of those is incorrect (laughs) you know like only one of those claims is 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 wrong. Like John did brainwash them, right? We do. We do yeah, do
0: absolutely. We can all agree absolutely. on that shit? Hundred percent.
2: Because like bo- they're both kind of sitting. Both Sam and Dean are kind of sitting. They're both leaning back. They're both engaged. Dean specifically has been like verbally sparring with Henriksen. Sam has been mostly ignoring the conversation. But they're both both Sam and Dean are like fairly. Um, pulled away like they're distanced from Hendrickson and they're not angling their posture towards him as soon as Hendrickson says this they both immediately Sam sits up they angle their positions towards him and then I one of them says something and I can't remember what it is maybe you'll see it
0: okay so Sam sits up and is like he's disengaged from the conversation but as soon as Hendrickson says that he sits up and he's there yeah so I mean it's a very intense reaction from sam for sure and dean's reaction is
2: so much more subtle
0: oh yeah
2: because he's he's already engaged with with hendrickson at that point yeah you know Uh, uh, i just think it's interesting
1: i feel like the further we get into the show the more and, and i can't remember if this was like a thread that i saw or something on tumblr but it was very recently where somebody was noting how the further that they get into the series the more sympathetic um Sam is towards John was like John and him had the terrible relationship when Mm -hmm. John was alive. But then after John dies, like Dean has so many realizations about how fucked up his father was and how fucked up that relationship was. And so he's far less sympathetic towards John, the older they get. Whereas Sam, I feel is way more defensive over him because he didn't end things well with John. And so that's kind of like, from a grief standpoint, mm-hmm. that's him trying to honor the father that he did not have a good relationship with by making yeah. him into this sympathetic character. And so that's why I feel like in this moment, Sam's reaction is like real visceral. And it's just like, excuse me, like, what did you just say about my dad? Like, How Where, dare you slander my dad? Yeah. yeah. Whereas Dean is kind of just like, yeah, yep. He brainwashed us your point. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, like, yes, our dad fucked up our lives. And yeah, so what also Henriksen in new in other news water remains wet.
2: Um, you know, (laughs) like it just water remains wet, and John Rinchester remains an asshole. (laughs) That that could go on a t shirt, yeah. Um,
0: well, if nobody else has any other notes about betrayal, let's move on to our going meta section, where we are tracking lore, the Bechdel test, pop culture, and more. <laughs> well, why don't we just start with the Bechdel test?
2: We do not pass. That's yeah, because uh, one female character cannot pass the Bechdel test.
0: Well, technically, we... Well, okay, are you? Are we counting we do have with the gender?
2: We have... They- <laughs> That's true. We do. Sorry. I, we don't, we have, I was thinking just of Nancy. Yeah. We have three
1: named women. And
0: Lilith.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I was about to, I was about to get so excited and be like, oh my God, wait, y'all. We Mm -hmm. did pass the test and we did not because Lilith and Nancy do speak at the end, but the line is I'm looking for two boys. They're brothers.
2: (laughs) So close. But that's a great. Place for us to talk about Nancy because we had yes. to talk about Nancy. We talked a bunch about Ruby and Lilith already. I love Nancy. I love her characterization in this. Yeah,
0: she's so sweet.
2: Mm-hmm. She is a
1: wonderful character that was taken from us way too fucking soon.
0: Absolutely.
2: I I love her. The fact that we are getting another kind of character of faith that's not turned into a punchline. There is the one moment where. Dean is, like, incredulous about her being a virgin in a way that's, like, cringy. Yeah. Because it's, like, Dean, let people, like... Like, let people make their own choices, sweetheart. Let people make their own choices. Like, she's making them for... Like, she. it's implied that she's making them for religious reasons. Um, and well, I do appreciate I, Dean does turn it around pretty quickly on that one. But it's not... I mean, it's cringy and unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. But what I appreciate is that she isn't swayed by it.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: That's what I loved about that moment. Is In the face like, of death. She's just like, what? It's a choice. She just and stares she's, Dean down and is like, I'm confident.
0: Don't make a big deal about it.
1: Yeah. And yeah. she really, she establishes that too. Cause she says like that whole line about, you know, she used to say things like, you know, oh, you know, demons are going to get me or whatever to her parents. And so it sounds like she has always been a person who really hold fast in her faith, even when other people around her do not. And it's like, mm-hmm. I know that we get her for such a short time that it's it's probably a little overdramatic of me to make these sweeping generalizations about her as a person. But I feel like she comes off as this really confident in who she is kind of like personality. Mm-hmm. Like she's not, oh, yeah. she's not confident in the way that Dean is confident. And like, you know, she doesn't have like that that ego and that swagger or anything it's like that. It's not the charisma that. or swagger. Yeah, it's, but, but it's a, a, you know what is a better word than confident? She is comfortable with who she is. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that about her character for the limited time that we did get her.
2: Yeah, and I appreciated, I think, that we got to see a character kind of wrestling with faith and reality kind of colliding. Like, in a lot of ways, mm. we talked about betrayal earlier. Her faith, her 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 view of reality is and isn't betrayed, you know? Yeah. She is, is, she's proven right on the one hand, you know, the supernatural is real. But on the other hand, her faith doesn't save her at the end. No. Even though she's willing, even though she's willing to sacrifice herself, in the end, it is kind of futile the death that she dies which is really heartbreaking um and a really interesting thematically when you think about like supernatural and characters of faith Mm -hmm. sort of experiencing betrayals of faith um also going along with like the line that dean says he's talking to victor but he says he says i honestly i think like victor asks do you think you can win and dean says i think the world's gonna end bloody doesn't mean we don't have choices we go down swinging which is also very much what Nancy is like in this episode. We go down swinging.
1: And that's just Dean to his core. That's yeah. like... Free when, will, when,
2: free will.
1: Yeah, when <laughs> shit gets tough, that is always Dean's mentality. Is just, you know, I don't care if I go down, but if I do, it will be fighting.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. With and his whole those, heart.
2: And you get those same vibes from Nancy for different reasons like she's also like can I save all of those people all of my friends out there if I sacrifice myself I will do it yeah and that is she's a really it's like pardon the pun but it takes a lot of heart to to be like that
0: (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. those are high stakes Mm
2: -hmm.
0: but the writers don't have her talk to another woman
1: because
2: despite there being multiple in the episode yeah it's like the
1: bar is truly in the basement and yet anyway so get (laughs) this was looking into the lore and we have quite a bit of important lore this episode we have Lilith I mean we finally get to see for the first time
0: right off yeah that's the the most important thing established Mm -hmm. in the lore this episode for sure
1: yeah. yeah, and also the spell that will vaporize every demon in a one-mile radius, like mm-hmm. not not to jump ahead, but let's drop that one in the Lost Cannon jar while we're at it, because what the fuck?
2: Yeah, it never yeah. gets mentioned again. Yeah, never. And it's it no, it doesn't. And wow. like I get it, like the Winchesters are not going to consider using it again because yeah. like of the obvious cost <laughs> for the same but reason the fact they don't that use none it of here. their
1: like that no one else ever brings it up.
0: Yeah, there's definitely characters I feel like that would use it. Yeah,
1: like this isn't going to mean anything to Noah yet, but like Rowena would have totally done some shit like that. Very.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: (laughs) I can't wait till you get to Rowena. It's going to be like four years from now, but you'll get there, and it'll be worth it when you do.
0: Perfect. Perfect.
2: Yeah, uh, lost cannon jar firmly for that one.
0: Gordon would have used it.
2: Gordon would have used. Holy shit. Imagine Gordon in this episode. Imagine if you had Gordon in this episode. Oh, my oh God. that would have been... Imagine if you get Gordon, who's also somehow imprisoned with them in this episode.
0: It's Sam and Gordon against Dean, you know, two for the plan, one against, like...
2: Okay, yeah, because you be- you better believe that, like, Ruby is aligning, like, Gordon is aligning yeah. with Ruby. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
2: But Gordon is also anti-Sam. So then you have this weird situation where Gordon and Sam are kind of on the same side. It
0: creates some
1: really
2: interesting reality TV drama.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. We can't. We can have had it all. Yeah. We can't talk Um, about Gordon too much because I'm mad.
1: (laughs) Sorry. As you should be.
2: I hope at some point they introduce a character that you immediately really attach to, Noah, and that isn't a character that's going to die. Yeah,
0: (laughs) one of these days.
2: Okay. I want to know why one of the proposed plans wasn't put an exorcism on the PA system, lure all the demons in, trap them, and exorcise them all. I want to know why that wasn't an an option. Yeah. Why they
0: went with uh, ripping out a virgin's heart first.
2: Yeah. I also want to know why they don't use recordings of exorcisms more. And so I'm specifically, specifically thinking of... (laughs) like the fact that they should carry a tape recorder for these situations so I'm imagining like those little portable tape recorders from the 90s <laughs> that were like play school and plastic and you could like and they had a little microphone so you could I like know exactly what you're talking into about. them. You could oh wait into a minute and record and then like play back your recordings and I would do that with my sister we would like tell stories and then like give the tape to the other person and then they would go and listen to it and then they would record a story back and it was it was great but like a demon exorcism like on the go demon exorcism they're battery operated they're not heavy like well
1: here's are you are you ready for me to make it even
2: even more simple (laughs) because once they get into the later seasons bitch put it on your phone yeah it's less fun but it's true it's true you know when you're incapacitated you need sometimes the exorcism to just be ready to go yeah uh pop culture why am i blanking entirely
1: i don't really remember many pop culture references from this it's it's more of a heavy episode and usually those come with like scant pop culture references
2: yeah. oh one thing i did want to mention is the origins of this episode's name which is not specifically pop culture but it is kind of an external to the show oh reference. yes i've actually um, always wondered
1: this i don't know this so i'm yeah, really excited to hear so you explain it
2: it's the concept of and and this is a very cursory understanding of it because I didn't know this before before looking it up today and watching this episode, um, but basically the concept of jus in bello um, is it's international like humanitarian law, so it's basically law to kind of govern the way war is conducted. So it's the idea of like limiting suffering,
0: justice in um, war.
2: Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not concerned with like, should there be war? It's concerned with like, when there is war, how do we limit the suffering caused to people? And it's a really interesting name for this episode because they have those conversations about like, you know, is it, is it morally right? Is it the best decision to like kill one innocent person to save a whole bunch of people? Like they're kind of asking those similar questions. Um, and they do come mm-hmm. to the conclusion of like, how do we limit suffering? Um, it, I, think it's a, I think it's a really interesting title choice. That That's I say so kind of cool. Like, I never knew that. On. Yeah.
1: That's one of those well. things that like I've always wondered and I could have just asked the internet because it's free, but I don't know why <laughs> I never did.
2: And listeners, if you, if you are someone who's listening, who knows more about this concept, like we would love to learn more about this concept. I think it's really interesting in the Constance episode. Or if you think you know like you have connections to why this is the title or like how that thematically plays out would like love to hear it please hit us up on socials yeah. um, if you have thoughts on this
1: full agree with that
0: another another pop culture reference that i really liked um is when henrickson is uh, mouthing off to the local sheriff he says look i get it you're mayberry pd um Mayberry, North Carolina, is the little town in um, the Andy Griffiths show where Andy Griffith, oh, wow. Andy and uh, oh. Barney Fife are. So he's comparing them to to Barney Fife, and that's saying, amazing. yeah, that's really cool to know. Gotcha. Um, that's,
2: that's, that's a great reference,
0: right? It's a it's a good little dig that that it, most police officers would, would probably get at that so, time,
2: especially in this era, like especially yeah. in the early two thousands.
0: Yeah. Um, when Henriksen gets, um, released from the demon's possession, he says, this is
1: the I, one I was, forgetting. I shot
0: the sheriff and Dean <laughs> says, but you didn't shoot the deputy, which is a reference <laughs> to Bob Marley's song. I shot the sheriff.
2: Oh, oh, it's a good, it's a good, good reference. It's, it's going to have continual payoff in this show. It's a great joke. Even yeah, it's going to, this joke is going to come back. All we're gonna say, this joke yeah. is gonna come back, and yeah. Hold on, to, to hold on does. to
1: this joke, Noah, because the payoff <laughs> is
0: <laughs> okay. Good, sublime. good, good. One thing that I felt like, it, well, like it's either pop culture, but it kind of could have fit in lore. Um, he mentions Bigfoot, Bigfoot's a hoax. If that <laughs> makes you feel better, um, it
2: doesn't, to which Henry it doesn't. Says, yeah, it does. <laughs> good response dean's like dean's like let me give you the scoop like ghosts are real werewolves are real vampires are real bigfoot's a hoax
0: <laughs> but see is is it have do they they do they ever come back to a bigfoot um yeti really,
2: no <laughs> no the bigfoot as far as we know bigfoot is not real
0: okay there are okay that remains sound okay i'm
2: I'm gonna like actually i'm not gonna look it up if yeah. we're wrong tell us people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I'd like to, I'd like to exist in the, the blissful ignorance for as long as I can on that one. So as we're winding down this episode, it is time to get to our gaydar, for which we have many things to say this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, the chemistry. Oh, my God. Hendrickson and Dean.
0: Off the charts.
2: Exact phrase I was going to use. Right what was from the it? line, right from that first line, where Hendrickson is like, you know, seeing you two in chains, and Dean's like, "You can't kinky kinky of a bitch. Bitch. Like, okay, that's where your brain went. Uh huh. Okay, Dean, that's fine. He,
0: he he made that jump immediately, and he said, "Let's play that game. Let's go." He set that up.
1: <laughs> and the thing that I that I always cling to when it comes to the interpretation of Dean as being bi um, is just that you you have to look at the scene and look at how he reacts and look at how Sam reacts. And mm-hmm. it's very different usually when Dean ends mm-hmm. up doing something that's like overtly flirty and could totally be interpreted as just like Dean being Dean. But, like, if you look at Sam, Sam's not having that kind of chemistry at all Mm, with him. He's not, like, Sam and Henriksen are not, like, stealing glances at one another and basically just outright flirting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They don't have quippy banter. And, like, I want to be, like, careful that we don't just, like, assume, you know, quippy banter or, like, interactions automatically mean something. However, with these two in particular, there's this dynamic that is really interesting like they both have dedicated their lives to these causes that are often disappointing to them they both have struggled to remain in relationships Dean we know that about Dean and Hendrickson says that you know says empty apartment string of angry ex-wives and then there's this like camaraderie around their shared experience
1: yeah I love what you said in the in the document where you're just like interesting coding like yeah it's subtle but i think it's there
0: yeah he they clearly have a connection and maybe it's fueled by the fact that dean is um constantly out of reach for Henriksen you know he's he's staying one step ahead this whole time
2: <laughs> the chase um, the thrill of the chase
0: the, the thrill of the chase is really it for dean he's yeah. <laughs> he's down with that you are so right. You.
2: It's despicable. Thinking right. about like the dynamic that he has with Hendrickson is like in some ways similar to the dynamic he has with Cassie. Like that kind of quick, quippy banter. That like, yeah. That like, you are at my same level in terms of, or you're even like, you're able to one up me.
0: In terms of-
1: Dean
2: loves a person yeah. who he can have that snappy rapport with.
1: Mm-hmm. Call him out
0: on his shit yeah yes. we see it in
1: all of the people that he ends up having feelings for
2: yes and we see it in like hendrickson like you said no like someone who can like call him out but you see that boat going both ways in this episode yeah you see dean with the like little digs at hendrickson for not knowing what's going on but you also see hendrickson giving as good as it's got
0: yeah yeah and
2: where's that
1: smug smile dean i want to see it
0: uh-huh uh-huh
1: victor
2: sweetheart uh, yeah it's there's it's just the lines they give them the lines they give them are and the delivery for both of these actors just kind of magnetizes them to each other and I like from the second from like the entire episode both before and after hendrickson knows the truth
0: feels like a choice
2: yeah my one note that i had was queer coded or just the editors doing the lord's work who can say <laughs> I mean I'll, I'll give it to the a combination of the writing the editing and the acting here that
1: the jacking choices know, being made yeah
2: over over the course of you know this is not the first time we've seen this dynamic with Dean and we've seen this dynamic with Dean a lot of times when we do know he's flirting
1: yeah and that was not one other thing that I had that I just really thought stood out in this episode is that the Dean has like these looks that he'll give Henriksen and if you were to like if somebody were to go in and make a super cut of like Dean's flirty interactions and his like longing looks that he gives people he's giving Henriksen the same face that he's given to when they have like you know an it girl of the episode that like one of the guys will have like that fleeting sort of relationship with particularly in seasons one and two is when that happens they start to get away from that later but it's just it's very similar to how dean behaves in those situations and so it just but sam isn't like that
0: yeah no,
2: sam's very focused on just the the, the case the,
0: the problem and like how it. to get out of it and yeah yeah
2: yeah another another really great um example of some of the ways we can see like a bisexual reading of Dean in these early seasons it's fun to get to another episode where we get to talk a bunch about it yeah
0: I always love talking about bisexual Dean it's yeah. my
1: very favorite like my TikTok bio literally has always included since I made the account
2: Dean is bi and so am I <laughs> <laughs> powerful. <laughs> powerful powerful well that's a great place to for us to move into our episode mixtape. Each week we are choosing songs that remind us of the episode and compiling them into one giant season three playlist. Elena, do you have a song for this week?
1: I do. Uh this one is actually like a very favorite song of mine that just finds its way onto most of my playlists. Um, but its lyrics just very much embody this episode. Uh, it's in the end by Lincoln Park. Um, the chorus of which is I tried so hard and got so far, but in the end, it doesn't even matter. And that that's this episode to me, like, and, and it's also, it matches in tone as well. Like it's, it's a song that's got this very dark, powerful sound. And so I think it just, it fit way too well. And so I was happy for the opportunity to plug it in here.
0: Hell yeah. If it's really well, honestly,
2: Noah, what do you got?
0: Um, I've got <clears throat> "Playing with Fire" by Oliver Tree. Um, it's a, a <laughs> it's a funny one uh, that that is a great song, but the, the chorus is a little bit out there. Um, but it, it it fits with this episode and how how Dean sort of um, living on the edge and and he's messing around with Henriksen, even though Henriksen holds the keys to their you know significant downfall potentially yeah but he's he's really playing with fire on that interaction love it
2: that sounds really good love it love it um i'm going with you know it ends well by penny and sparrow which is a song with very few lyrics except this sort of repeated line of you know it ends well but with the tone of the song the way you're meant to feel is that it doesn't Mm. And that is sort of where this episode leaves you at the end. It's an episode that cli- like climaxes in, oh, we've won, only to immediately drop you into.
0: Psych.
1: Yeah. I think that's why it's remained one of my favorite episodes because it's just, it's so well done.
2: It's plotted incredibly well. Yeah. yeah. It's the, the Empire pacing Strikes Back. It is marvelous. Yes. Yes. This, this back half of season three is giving us some really good like some really well-written episodes. I think the front half of season 3 has some weaker moments and the middle a the closer bit as you well. get
1: to to figuring out the conclusion of Dean's deal and the it culminates in gets. what I feel is in my top 3 of like the season finales. top it's, 3. Yeah. We're almost there. <sighs> yeah. Out of 15, it's in top three, Noah. So that's what you have to look forward to in a couple weeks.
0: Fantastic. I can't wait. Well, as we hurdle closer to that ending, let's uh, move into our blessings for this week. Is there anyone in particular that you would like to bless?
1: So my blessing for this week goes to Nancy uh, for very obvious reasons. Um, She is a character that, like I said, In our discussion when we were talking about Bechdel stuff. She just has this, this very subtle confidence and comfortability with who she is. And it breaks my heart that she was a character that had those qualities and then ended the way it did for her. Like so many of the things that like, you know, when Dean is trying to say that he wants to keep her alive and that he doesn't want her to have to sacrifice things and give up the rest of her life, you know, I I think that she feels that and she knows she knows that if she sacrifices herself, she could miss out on that, but she's willing to make that sacrifice. And the fact that she then doesn't need to and ends up dying anyway is, I think, just one of, makes her one of the more gut-wrenching deaths of season three, in my personal opinion. So, a blessing for Nancy.
0: Powerful. Mm.
2: Powerful. Really good. I'm going to bless kind of a combo. I want to bless Sam and kind of also Ruby in the same breath. We didn't talk as much about Sam in this episode, but- Noah, Noah's point about how Sam is coming off of Mystery Spot and this six months without Dean, like I just hadn't taken that in in previous watches. And Me either. So I'm just really struck by like the fact that Sam feels so incredibly trapped. He feels like he's between a rock and a hard place. He feels like everything is coming to this moment where Dean's gonna die, and there's nothing he can do, and it's gonna be terrible. And And so Sam's decisions in this episode, even his push to like go with Ruby's plan is coming out of this just like desperation. And I think just a blessing for him in that desperation because like, we love Sam. We know he is trying his best and we know he has a really like soft heart, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. We've seen that in season one, particularly, we saw Sam being often the character who was calling on Dean to like see people's humanity and to protect people and to work for you know the least collateral damage and we're seeing some more hardness in Sam recently because of his like trauma and fear and so I think I just have some sympathy for that and want to bless him for that and in kind of the same breath also for Ruby who comes in obviously we don't at this point have the full picture of like what her motivations are but she does come in being like i'm trying to help and i am a demon so like i haven't really thought about the like innocent lives lost but i am trying to help and they and really just kind of gets blown off because they're like no and and she too is willing to sacrifice herself yeah yeah that is and the thing she promises them that's going to happen happens
0: you know no, the bad thing
2: of- and she was trying to prevent it and wasn't able to so like you know a blessing for being in between a rock and a hard place with no good options yeah yeah, yeah. powerful oh, snaps to that
0: hell yeah my blessing for today is gotta be hendrickson um yes. just how he handled this whole situation he really mm-hmm. p- gave off a logical calm-headed vibe Throughout the whole episode, for the most part, he he was under a lot of stress and showed that at some points. But he was the big shot until he realized he didn't actually know everything or really anything. <laughs> so he <laughs> sat back and did exactly what he needed to, paid attention, and tried his best to make sure the outcome was solid and secure in the end, which he couldn't have done anything more. Um, I'm proud of him he did he did great and i wish that he had had more opportunities to shine in the show so a blessing to him and his sense of um justice
2: r.i.p to our dear henriksen r.i.p that's where we're gonna end today on that that blessing um somber note for a somber episode yeah Uh, uh thanks to everyone who is listening to us today we're really excited that you're here we're really grateful that you've chosen to take some time to hear us talk about supernatural and i wanted to wanted to say that today really explicitly
0: hell yeah, yeah. i well love that. that well make sure you guys all out there are subscribed to saving people queering things wherever you listen to podcasts You can find links to all of our social media and how you can reach out to us through our website, QueeringThingsPodcast.com.
2: Be sure to ride along with us next week as we discuss season three, episode 13, Ghost Facers through the theme of duty.
1: Thank you for coming along for the ride and we wish you a peaceful road until we meet again.